What's going on, guys? It is, uh, we got the dynamic duo, Caleb and Sarge, back. Um, we're going to continue to rank the top 10 at um, each position. And today, I'm um, super excited to do the small forward position. Sarge, I know we just <laughs> I know we just said what's up before before we started this pod, but how are you doing, bro? For the listeners. Good, bro. Good. I'm excited to get back after it. Yeah, dude, I, I had a blast at the centers. Um, but I will say for the small forwards, it was a lot tougher for me. I don't know if it was for you. I think but we've talked about it. I think we have the same three. But I think with the centers, one, it was easier because I think it was easier to, to define a center. But two, I think for me, it's a lot more clear cut in what I'm looking for a center. It's like, again, like we said, the center's not, you know, as essential, I think, as some other positions. And and so with this position, it's like, I just need this for my center. Whereas with a small forward, it's like, what am I really prioritizing? And then I think what I just kind of got to is like, Hey, I am I'm just looking for the best player, and that's a guy who could put the ball in the bucket. But also when I need to get a stop, I, I like my wing to be a guy. I, again, we talk about the NBA is not so much about one-on-one defense, but if there were a position for me to want to have a stopper, it's at the wing. Yep, hundred percent. And also when you look at small fours, like just over the past like I don't know, ten years, like teams that are successful in the NBA always have a star a, a at small forward. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like a guy that's going to average 25 points a game, yeah. long, can play defense. So Totally. Um, and I think one, I think another thing that made it tough for me, I don't know about you, was we had a couple guys, at least I had a couple guys on this list, I'm assuming you do too, that had just really monstrous seasons. But it was like kind of their first time breaking out on the scene or if they've had good seasons before like this was a leap and then we've had some like guys that who have kind of been staples either be hurt or or not take a step back but not have as great of a season they can so it's like determining what i feel is more valuable if that makes sense and i had a tough time i've flip-flopped them a lot of times and, and you also kind of have to look at this from a perspective of like you take them off their current team and put them on a different team or like give exactly. them the show and kind of, totally. I don't know, you know what I mean? Because yeah. there's guys like Kawhi Leonard and Paul George who are both elite, but they play on the same team. So they might take away certain from each like, other. You totally. know what I mean? Exactly. And that's the, that's so for those who maybe haven't listened to the center podcast or the My Shooting Guard one, um, the way we're doing this is Again, how let, let's say a, a theoretical season were to start in a month from now. Let's say maybe these guys haven't played. And so it's who is better right now. Again, there are a lot of different ways you can necessarily look at better. And that's what we get into. But it's not about, you know, potential. Like, I'm not projecting who's better in 2023. It's who, who do you want to go in a basketball game in order one through 10 next year? Um, and I think... It's important to note also before we jump into this too, it hasn't been as prevalent for other positions, but for this, um, we're doing it. So when a, when a guy is injured, let's say, I mean, you take a Clay Thompson right now, and I think as we'll get to a Kevin Durant, you're, the way you're projecting him is what you expect him to reasonably be at when he comes back from that injury. So um, you're not, you're, not you're, you're pricing it into your ranking per se, but you know, you're also saying, hey, he's back, if that makes sense. Yep. And also, 
I did. I, I had Jimmy Butler in my shooting guards, but I mean, the I've looked at it more, and, he, and he's he he probably earlier in his career is more of a shooting guard, but is definitely a three now, and so I have him in my top ten here too. So, uh, anything else you want to touch on, bro, before we get into the actual rankings themselves? Maybe just we should touch on a couple of the guys that some people would think or like consider small forwards. That totally. We aren't going to have on our list. And, and I think I, I, you could probably make an argument power forward to center, but I've, I'd say small forward, power forward has close, if not the most, tweeners in, in terms of guys that can go either way. Um, yeah, so guys like, guys like Tobias Harris mm-hmm. and guys like, even like a guy like Luca that is now me and Caleb, or Caleb consider a point guard now he came into the league as a small, a small forward, forward. And that's what everyone considered him as so right and he guards small forwards but he has the ball in his hand and i mean even braun like we're con- yeah. he's a he's a small forward but he's the point guard for the lakers you know so it's it, it get, can get tricky i think aaron gordon's another guy where when john isaac's there he's the small forward but played power forward for the majority like every game since john isaac went out uh, Tobias Harris started his career in Orlando, played small four basically exclusively, played at the start this year too. And it's just kind of been like, all right, depending on the personnel around him, we're, he can play either. So um, I had Tobias right now as a power forward and Gordon as a power forward. I know Sarge, I don't know if he necessarily agrees, but for the sake of this, the reason why, and I don't know if I'd have Aaron Gordon in my top, I know I wouldn't have Aaron Gordon in my top 10. I think I'd probably consider Tobias pretty heavily for my top 10 here, but that's why those guys aren't here. And that's why Luca's not here too. All right. Um, okay. I got a little energy. I got a little more pep in my style. I've been just sleepy all day, but I'm excited to get, uh, get after it with Sarge and bring you our top 10 small forwards in the league. All right, buddy, why don't you lead us off with your number one? All right, number one, I think it's kind of like the centers. It's between two guys with Kevin Durant coming back from injury. But yep. for me, um, I have LeBron. Got um, it. And he's – the only difference, I think, um, when I was looking at LeBron and Kawhi, yeah. they're so similar in every facet of the game Dude, except passing. You saw that, right? Yeah, like – Shooting percentage, points, efficiency. Free throw percentage is, the, right. is another one. But I'm not a much better free throw shooter. But that's not. That's not that big. I mean, it could exactly. be down the line, but like not not ranking them. And LeBron James has become so elite in the passing department. It's just he's miles ahead of anyone else at the small forward position, and that's why he's now a point guard. Yeah. And you look at LeBron from like the beginning of his career too, like. He, he came into the league, and no one really thought of him as a passer at all. Like he was strictly right. just like a bully ball scorer. Yeah. And he's developed oh, an incredible passing game. It's just ridiculous. And I think one thing I want to – and I have Braun too, and it was it was very close, and I'll explain why I had him too. I mean, again, same tier. You can make very, very reasonable arguments either way. I also want to give Braun a lot of props because – uh, he hasn't been super great defensively in the past couple years, especially last year, but he really, really ra- ramped it up a notch this year. I think I, I, obviously it helps playing next to AD, but as a team defender, he has been un- unbelievable. They're way better with him on the floor as a defender, and and that's not something that I think you could always say. Um, 
I think for me, so I like you said, so similar in 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 so many different areas. Braun is without a doubt a better passer. Um, but I think for me, why I gave the, the I gave the edge to Kawhi for I think three reasons when it came down to it. And I think Braun is a better overall. I think you can make an argument. Braun is a better overall, maybe offensive player. But I think I I think I can say right now, if I need a bucket. I would rather go to Kawhi because I feel like he gets his look, his shot easier. Whereas Braun, like, yes, like he's uh, impossible to defend because if you defend him one way, he's, if you defend up, he'll go by you. If you defend back, he can hit the three. If you bring two, he's going to find the open man, right? But I just mean when it comes down to it and I need one look, I feel like Kawhi most likely, I feel like he's a better scorer in that sense. And I also feel like it, I talked about it earlier when I need one stop and it's like, I don't care who the other guy on offense is that's going and I need to get a stop. I need, again, defense at this level is not necessarily played one-on-one anymore, but it, it last play of the game. I want, I, I feel more confident in Kawhi guarding that guy one-on-one and, and locking up. And I think that's why I gave the edge to Kawhi so similar in so many different areas, but Kawhi, I think sneakily has had a really good year. Not sneakily. That's not, that sounds stupid to say, but it, it, it actually has been pretty sneaky. If you, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. Like, like if you go look at just his numbers, like if you didn't even watch him play, and you go look at his numbers, yeah. you're like oh my god, like that's incredible, crazy but good year. For, for for me, when when you say you want a bucket, I agree. Like if Kawhi Leonard is it has the ball and he's going one on one and he has to take the shot, I'd I'd want Kawhi Leonard. But if it comes down to like end of the game, creating a look, and I want the ball in someone's hands, I think I'd rather have it in LeBron. <clears throat> and not to knock Kawhi because you can't really knock him. He's pretty like he has no flaws basically. But the one thing is sometimes he does catch himself not passing the ball like in late game situations, and I think that's why Fair. sort of Paul George's numbers have been a little odd this year is because. When he has the ball, he's kind of set on on taking the shot or right. you know creating his own look. Um, where LeBron is always going to make the last pass. Like you even saw it at the end of this season when LeBron at the end of the game against the Nets. Do you remember that game when he passed the ball to a wide open? Eighty oh, eighty's got to hit that shot. And he just barely like you thought it was going in. And yeah. he just like I don't know if Kawhi Leonard is making that pass. That's fair. That's fair. I think. And I was also I was also yeah. kind of looking at this from a standpoint of. If I took LeBron James and I put him on the Clippers and mm-hmm. I took Kawhi Leonard and put him on the Lakers, like, w- would there be a difference in wins and how other how it affects other players in the court? And I just think if you put LeBron in the Clippers, I think it would enhance um, Paul George's game more. And if you put Kawhi Leonard on the, on the Lakers, it would degrade Anthony Davis's game just a smidge. But, that's, that's a really interesting thought. I, I don't. And, I and never that's thought about the the, the uh, edge to LeBron, but I also right. kind of looked at it from a standpoint of, um, and this is where I almost put Kawhi ahead of LeBron. Is if you go off age and off everything considered, I think Kawhi yeah. Leonard is health is going to be healthier next year, and yeah. LeBron's getting up there in age. But I can't. I can't. That's LeBron fair. has been so healthy and he takes care yeah. of his body so much that I couldn't really play that in as a factor. That's fair. I think it is somewhat of a factor in that Kawhi's twenty nine and LeBron's about to you know, is he about to be thirty six or seven next yeah, year? Yeah, he's about to be thirty six. Yeah. And, and as for as great care of his body that he takes, 
he's not the same guy. Either. I mean, I'm watching the rewind. I, uh, I don't want to watch, but I sometimes find myself watching that Cavs Warriors series in 2016. Like you can tell he, he can take as good of care as your body as you can. Like he's not, I'm not saying he's not explosive anymore, but it's not the, quite the same. Um, and I think one last thing I want to po- touch on is Kawhi has for as I guess he doesn't really have the reputation as a distributor. You're right. And I think it's easy to look at the down season. It, it, yeah. It's been a down season for Paul George um, and, and kind of attribute it to like, Hey, he's, you know, he's playing with Kawhi. I would honestly attribute it more to the injury um, and Kawhi, when on the floor, the, the offense has been seven points better. And that's with guys like Harold and Lou Williams on the floor coming off the bench, you know? So if you're, if you, I mean, that just as a number, if you your offense is literally seven points better per hundred possessions with you on the floor with great bench guys, like I, I've got to give that some credence. And then the defense has been a lot better with him on the court too. So no, no, he's, a, he's, a, I mean, he's, a, I guess you can't really argue that he's the best two-way player in the game, and you can put Clay Thompson in there, but him and, and Clay are, are yeah. ahead of everyone else as far as two-way players in the game. Right, and then I think it's just fresh in my mind, man. Like uh, LeBron is obviously up there, but Kawhi is one of the best playoff performers we have ever seen. Like he ratchets his uh, ratchets it up every year. His numbers are ridiculous. You can go down the line, Finals MVPs. Big shots, like you know, he'll be there. I'm not. It's hard to use that in an argument against Braun because you know Braun's going to be there too. But I think uh, I, I just went with Kawhi for the reasons we talked. But I totally get why you would go Braun. Yep. All right. Uh, three. So that's again one Kawhi. Small, 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 smallest of gaps. Two Braun. I think you went the opposite. I think three. We have the same. And is that Kevin KD? Yep. Mr. Oh, yeah. Kevin Durant. You want to lead us off on the Kevin Durant talk? Kevin Durant is, like, every time I think of Kevin Durant, he is the most unstoppable scorer, I think, in the history of the league. Like, just the, yeah. his size. I think I'd agree. The way, he, the way he can shoot the ball, like, you cannot block his shot because he's so dang tall and long. Like, and he's such a pure shooter. Like, we've never seen that before. A dude that's seven feet tall. Like, I mean, everyone already knows this, but he is just so elite when it comes to scoring. Like, it's ridiculous. It. It's it's stupid and and I had the you know I think I knew this when he was in OKC but I had an up close look for three years of it and he just he's it, it's just mind boggling like the amount of times where he would do something over the course of the three years and I would just look at whoever I'm watching with and just be like what like. Like, how do you actually do that on a basketball court? The man is is 6'10", 6'11", super lanky, super long. And just, we talk about, I think this is my biggest problem with D'Lo. I just did a Warriors podcast. Like, that guy is super talented, but he just takes really tough shots, so it limits his efficiency. But with this guy, you have a guy with the craziest size, the craziest scoring talent, but he gets easy good looks he's really good at getting himself good looks and, and he's so smart too like he always just take every, he makes every shot look like a good shot not only because but because he he's worked so hard that he just know he gets to his spots and he knows that like, yeah he just knows what works for him and another thing too is i was looking at it and i was like all right how many like assists do i think 
I was yeah, about to say that too. Like, it's he's improved as a playmaker he's, so much. He's he was. I mean, he's had great guys around him, but he's averaging. He averaged six assists a game yep. a couple years back when he was on his last year with the Warriors. Like he just Dude. has. He's another one of those guys who's developed his game so much along yeah. the years. Like he's always working, like always trying to be a better basketball player, and his basketball IQ is so high. It's like, I, he just has dude. the perfect combination of everything. You just read my mind, dude. You, you read my mind. I was looking at it too, dude. He could easily go down, like when he's, when it's all said and done, like hopefully his injuries are, hopefully like he sustains a, a healthy career, but he could easily have the most points in the history of an NBA career when it's all said and done. Like he's on pace to just, yeah, I, he's gonna, he's on pace to score like forty thousand points. Like it's crazy. Yeah. It's gonna be him brought up there at the top when it's all said and done. Yeah. I think. And and you, I mean, you read my mind in which uh, when you were talking about like you can tell, and I, I, KD fascinates me as a person. I've watched so many interviews and podcasts, and and one thing is so apparent outside of just the skill and size, which is already an incredible combo. The guy's a, a, a true hooper, and he loves, loves, loves basketball. And you can tell he's improved every single year in different facets of his game. And I was watching, like you said, last year, there were so many times where he made passes that I know for a fact three years ago, four years ago, he wouldn't have made. And so he can really do it all offensively. The only, I think, I, the reason he's here is, I mean, that injury is so, so tough. I'm praying he comes back at least 90% of himself. I, I don't think we've seen someone like successfully come back as good as they were from that injury. Obviously, it's not a super common injury, but like that's a really tough injury. It's his right Achilles. And I know that guy, he loves to go left, which you, you push off that right foot. And so I, I hope he's okay. I don't really even feel like I need to talk about his defense. It wasn't great the last year in Golden State, but the year before it was it was good. Um, so I know he has the ability. I think he was not checked out, but I th- I think I don't think he had the greatest motivation during the regular season to play great defense. I get it, um, but I think that's one of those things that I, I want to watch with the injury because that that explosiveness and and being able to on on a string just on a line help. Um, but again, you're talking about the most physically and talented offensive player in the game and I you still got to have him three even with that injury because he's just that good and as far as his defense goes like he's one of those guys that he doesn't when he takes pride in his defense and he like has a one-on-one matchup where he's like all right I'm gonna d up and try like he's actually a dang good defender just because of his length and his ability to block shots and recover like yeah I remember he, he did a, a really good job against – he's one of those guys where, like you said, even when he had the bad year defensively, it was more of, like, how much is he really caring right now? Like, team defense defensively, like, he had some issues. But, like, he can fit into so many different roles as a defender. Like, he can be an on-ball good defender. He can be a weak side rim protector, you know? So, um, if, if he never – if he didn't have that injury, do you think – you would have him above either Kawhi or LeBron? Um, I mean, it's hard to say, but yeah, if the Warriors go on and win that finals and he plays a huge part in that, I, I think he's my number one, honestly. Yeah. I, I, I think at the if you were if I were going right before the playoffs even last year, I for sure is my number one. Cause Braun obviously got hurt. I, I'm still, you know, giving respect to Braun. Uh but Kawhi, like play rested a lot during the regular season so this about a year ago yeah i i have kd one 
for sure. Yeah, I can't argue that. Yeah. Um, okay, now this this is where it's about to get pretty interesting, bro. Um, do you want to give me your four? Or, I, I think I'll, I'll mix it up. I'm going to give you my four. Okay. My four is uh, Paul George. And I I feel like, I, again, this is what I'm talking about. You know, you have to balance guys having great years and coming onto the scene, but also trying to look at the big picture. And for me, I think I give more stock to Paul George's year last year. I think this year, this year one, he's in a completely different system. Yes, he has very, very talented guys around him, but in a completely different season. Two, the guy didn't really have an off season, you know, one to really rest or two to really hoop. Like you, you could tell it was all shoulders, you know, like I don't think he had the, the time he needed. And so I have him here for with a full off season to get healthy. I don't think people realize just how, just how good he was. Maybe they realized it at the time, but I think it's kind of forgotten. He was a legitimate MVP candidate and it is not easy to play with Russell Westbrook the offense was literally 10 points better with him on the floor last year and again different construction the Thunder weren't the deepest team um and and way better with him on defense he averaged 28 8 and 4 with two steals a game again he's never been as efficient as some other guys outside of last year but 58 percent true shooting is is very very good um, and I know he's had a tough year, but I, I think he's a two-way player who can get you a bucket when you need it, can score at all three levels at a very good, efficient level, um, and and is a good passer. He's not an elite passer, but good vision. He's shown the ability to facilitate and can play off ball, which is something I value too. I don't want my guy to need the ball to be super effective. He's He played with Russell Westbrook and was had his best year, so – uh, I, I have him for, I feel like you can slot him into almost any team and feel really, really good, whether he's your one or your two. Yeah. And he was, he was my four too. And when I, let's go. It, yeah. When I looked at it, I was like, I looked at it from OKC his last year in OKC. And I was like, all right, this dude averaged 28 and a half points per game with Russell Westbrook. And me and I know both of us aren't Russell Westbrook fans. Nope. And he did it efficiently too. And he was shooting the three ball so well, like, yeah, if you put if you give that guy and build an offense around him, he's unbelievable, and he's like he's in that top of that second tier behind the three that we just named. And for yeah. me, like he he's kind of in his own little tier, like his own little second tier. Like I think I agree. I'm gonna have below him. Like You're, I wouldn't put him in that top tier, but I also wouldn't put him in the tier with the guys below him. Like he's so good. If, defensively right. and his offense his offensive game has developed so much throughout the years like he's just a bucket dude and like you said he can play off ball like he's gonna knock down an open three you have to respect him there like big time and i don't know like fast breaks dude like when he was in uh indiana before he had all these injuries bro he's throwing down reverse 360s like yeah I love Paul. I love watching Paul George. He's a he's, he's a top. Favorite he's to my he's in my top five in terms of favorite players to watch. Like he's just he's the definition of just like what you think of with a hooper. Like so smooth at every so smooth. every level he can score. He just finds ways to get his angle. Like I love when I love when he fakes the crossover right and then pulls it back in between his legs. Like it is so smooth to me. And I think if 
it's so easy to forget because of this year, but I, the injuries suck. He's playing with no shoulders right now. Like you can't play basketball without shoulders. So and he and he's one of those guys too where like his injuries haven't you haven't really seen like it hasn't been like oh he his shoulder has a tear this like it's just like oh he has a lingering shoulder injury and like they don't really tell you what it is like his right. injuries are so behind the scenes that it's kind of like hard to judge I'm, how injured he yeah. is or like what's going on but obviously like if you look at his numbers and just all the games he's taken off this year it's obviously really bothering him i'm hoping that th- because i mean you could tell he was even rushing to get back and i don't think he was anywhere in the shape he wanted to be in coming into this year, just in terms of basketball shape. I think you give this guy a whole nother off season. That's why, that's why I felt like if I was the Lakers, I still thought the Clippers were probably the favorite if I had to pick, but I felt like this was the best shot for the Lakers. Cause obviously Braun's not getting any younger. And I thought just the Paul George injury and honestly, the Clippers adding a ton of people. And I don't know. I thought this was the year, but uh, a, a very healthy Paul George is very scary. The Clippers have two of the top four, you know, which is crazy. Dude. crazy. A, like I was looking at it from a couple like different perspectives too, as far as like, there's a lot of guys that I like, if you look at good NBA teams that have a couple small four, like the Celtics have two good small forwards that they start. Yeah. Giannis is kind of a small forward and Middleton. They have two good small forwards. The Clippers have Wing. two good small forwards. Like yeah. just positionless positionless basketball just shows that yeah. small forwards are so important in the league right now. And that's why there's like three of them starting on each team. Like, totally. you, like Celtics too, Jalen Brown. Dude, I was gonna say you could make the argument Jalen's a small forward too, yeah. Um small forward is just such an important position in the NBA. Like it's that yeah. and the point guard are just Oh, yeah, and we'll, don't worry, we will have our point guards next. Um, okay, so we, we've we got the same four guys in the four position, I, and I think you're you're right. I think Paul George is in a, a tier above these guys that are coming up, and I think if Paul George was in any different situation and, and had the same sort of year that he did last year, uh, I think he, I wouldn't be surprised to see him join that tier. Uh, I would... Would you say before we move? Would you say Paul George is closer to the Kawhi, LeBron, KD tier, or the whoever you have at five, six tier? That's really tough. I think he's pretty even, like between pretty dang both. even in the middle, right there. Like, if I had to choose, I'd lead him probably. Probably towards the top tier if he if he doesn't have Kawhi Leonard on his team and has in in can run the show himself. I think I do too. Lead him towards on that top tier, but you could he's go both. Pretty dang set in that in that yeah. second tier second for tier. me. All right, give me uh, give me your five. So five, I have Jason Tatum. Dude, this is where I went. I went back and forth with my five and six. Like, and and the reason I have Jason Tatum is at first I put him at like seven just because I was like, oh, like I don't want to base this on potential. And then I was just thinking, and I look back at some of the film of him playing this last year. This dude has arrived in the NBA. He is on oh, he's the here. real at. He reminds me of Kobe in a way. Like he's just a bucket. He can get a bucket anytime. He when he gets hot, he's unstoppable. Like you were seeing at the end of of this season, the Celtics were just feeding him the ball and running their entire offense around him. Like yeah. And he's only 21 years old. It's, or I guess I think he might have just turned 22. I think he just turned 22, Ridiculous, yeah. dude. I think next year he's going to even make another stride. Like he's averaging 24 points a game. Yeah. I think he's going to jump into that 26, 27, 28 points per game. And- totally. 
Um, he's become more efficient too, as far as like oh. his shot selection. He last like two two years ago, and last year he was taking like weird mid range jumpers, and he's kind of taken his game out to the three point line a little more. And yeah, as we know, like in the modern day NBA, like taking a long two is just not as effective as right. taking a three percentage wise. So for me, like his little like hezzy and his sidestep jumpers, like step back as well he's yeah. just becoming so unstoppable no he's he he's very kobe like in his game just a little bit of a better three-point shooter and um you're right it shot selection has improved three-point percentage has improved um and the defense has, uh, he's a great team defender not not a ter- a pretty good on ball defender too the celtics offense with him off the court and again they are another one of those teams where one of Kemba, Tatum, Hayward, uh, and Brown is always – sometimes even two of them are on the floor. So there's a lot of inter, interchanging. But with, with Jason Tatum on the court, 116 points per 100 possessions. With him off the court, 108.8 points per 100 possessions. Um, and and defensively, it's a same, 105.6 points uh, given up. While he's on the court, 109.9 when he's off the court. So he, he's arrived. He's such a system coach, you wouldn't think that would be the case. Right. You know? um, okay. So I think back to – so he's my he's my six, dude. And he was my five for about, I'd say, 50 hours of this prep. And I had him five for a lot. And, and this is where I told you I struggled, you know, going back and forth, back and forth with – Tatum arrived and I don't want to overreact, but it was a, it got to the point where it's a pretty decently large sample size. Um, but at the same time, it's also just, this was his first year doing it. Uh, the Celtics were good, but not at the elite levels yet. Again, I, I know a lot of people, they were the ones they picked to, to make a run, but you know, the bucks in theory are better. I went Chris Middleton um, and I went Chris Middleton for a couple reasons. I think he doesn't get enough love for the insane shooting year he had. 62% true shooting, which was better even than Tatum's. Um, not an unreal on-ball on defender, but solid and a great, great team defender. A part of one of the best defenses that we've ever seen. Um, and it's he's similar to Clay for me in that, like, it's the age-old question, like, when you're considering better, would you have a one who's maybe considered a one but not as good or that elite, elite second guy? And Chris Middleton just fits in on any team. Like, I feel like you can put him next to anybody and he'll make it work. He's a, the king of being able to play off ball but also maximizing scoring when he gets the ball. Um, it was big for me to see when Giannis went down that he was able to carry the load and, and for them to win a lot of games. And I think what pushed it over just slightly besides the Bucks being better um, and the, the shooting percentage is I think he's a little bit better of a passer than Tatum. I think that's something Tatum is still working on. I think for guy, I saw a stat where for guys above 25% usage, I think he's in the very bottom percentile in terms of assist percentage. Um so I think that's why I gave the mark to Middleton. I also, he's done it a little bit longer, um, but he's just – he can play next to anyone. Like he, he's such a good fit with any player. And so I, I, whereas Tatum is a, a great number one, uh, uh, the, the better bucket getter between the two despite a slightly worse shooting percentages. But 
Uh, I, I want Middleton. Slightly. And I, I have Middleton six right behind okay. Tatum. And here's the reason I, I went back and forth with this one as well. But when I was looking at it, I was like, all right, what does Chris Middleton do better? And I think Tatum is actually the better scorer. He's a more elite scorer. He's doing it in different ways. I think Middleton's more of kind of the guy's spot-up shooter. And he can get his buckets when he has the ball in his hands. But I think Tatum's more of the elite um, one-on-one scorer. And I kind of look at it from the fact that if I had, if I was starting a team, I want, or not, not even starting a team. If I had a team, I could put guys around Tatum that can play defense and knock down shots. Um, mm-hmm. But it's hard to find that elite score, and that's just why I had Tatum above Middleton. But that's fair. Middleton is so efficient. Like he was, he was on. Wasn't he on pace to go 40, 50, 90? fifty, ninety? Yeah, fifty, forty, ninety. He 50, lost 50, it by 40, like point three percent. On three, it was. I don't even remember if it was field goals or threes, but he was like, I have it right here. 0.3% on, or like 0.1% yeah, on field 40, goals. 40, 49.9%. You <laughs> give him the 50 for you. We round up. <laughs> you got to round up for him. Yeah. Which is in- incredible. And, and when I, like, if you look at it from like a draft team's perspective, whenever Giannis was out, you're like, all right, he's putting in 40 points. Oh, you like, lock Middleton. In. He, it so got to the point. Points in the hoop right now. He would have to be 10K for me to not play him with Giannis. You know, like exactly. I, even at 9K. It was so good. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and I was looking at it like, all right, his defensive numbers are unreal, but I think that's – he's a great um, individual defender, but the – Bucks were just so good this year. Like, if you look at it from defense, individual defensive rating, the Bucks had like eight dudes in the top twenty. It was insane, dude. Like, and that's why I was talking about Brook. Like that, it, it. I feel like it's easy to go like, well, this person's really just good because of the system. But I, I also, I think it's like that team. Every guy is so bought into that game plan, and they're able to close out so hard on shooters and fight over picks so aggressively because they know they have Giannis and Brooke in the paint. And it just works, dude. They, I, and I think Middleton's maybe not the, the the key to that, but is a definitely – you can't play – they're not going to play him if he wasn't a good defender team, team-wise. Another reason why I had Tatum above is when I was looking – like when I went back to look at some of Tatum's film, I watched mm-hmm. the game uh, against Milwaukee. Like I think it was within 10 games before the season was halted. And he was lighting up the Bucks, dude. Like, and it made me think, like, dude, if if anyone has a shot against the Bucks, it's gonna be the Celtics because of Jason Tatum's like ability to just be an effortless score. Like, what? he was just. I'm trying to remember that score. game. Like, he was just going off. Did the Bucks win? No, the Celtics. I'm pretty sure the Celtics won. Why am I blanking? It was pretty close to the hiatus or suspension. Let me look. Let me look. But dude, he was just. My and the announcers were going nuts, dude. They were just loving it. I'm losing my touch. Um, Maybe I was doing something. I feel like I would if the Bucks and Celtics were playing. I would make sure to watch. Like, I don't know. I got. I gotta go back and find. No. It okay. No. Point, but it was. I believe you. It yeah. Was such a it's, great game. It's neck and neck. I have them in the same tier. I think Middleton's done it a little bit longer and is uh, a little bit better distributor. And just I think you're right when you. I get why uh, when you're building your team, you're like. Hey, let me get my ISO bucket getter and I can get defense around him. I think I view it more as like I would rather have a guy now who I can play with literally anyone so it, it keeps all my options open and it's not like Middleton can't go get you a bucket in a very efficient way either. So um, 
All right, we're going to take a quick break, and then when we come back, we, we've now given one through six, but when we're back, we will uh, round out our top ten and, and give some honorable mentions. All right, uh, all right, we're back, and um, I think I'd be interested to see this. I think we'll both have the same two players at seven and eight. I just don't know what order. Um, you lead us off with your seven. So my seven is Jimmy Butler. Same. And you, like when I first was going over this, I was like, all right, Jimmy Butler is probably a top five small forward. Like there's no way I can have him outside of the top five. But then I was just thinking about it from like an efficiency standpoint. And dude, he was not good this year as far as shooting the basketball. He shot like 23% yeah. from three. It and, was ridiculous. And dude, one step before you keep going, because it's just in that same vein. I, I saw this. He not just did he, not only did he just shoot that poorly from three, he shot 29% on shots greater than 16 feet. Oh, my God. That's awful. Yeah. And he takes a lot of those shots. Like, if you watch him play, like, he takes a lot of, like, yeah. deep mid-range I shots. I will like, say a lot – I mean, in the past, his a lot more of his threes have been catch and shoot. You know, in Philly, Ben Simmons was kicking it to him. Um, and, and it was much more catch and shoot, whereas Miami – a lot more of these shots are off the dribble, which is tougher, but still, like, it's he bad. Did do, to give him credit, though, he did go to the line a lot, I felt like, in Miami this year. Oh, like, that's that's why I have him here. Of, that's one of yeah, my biggest positives for him. He did a job of actually getting to the bucket and, yeah. and, and getting to the line. Um, he did take a lot of, like, weird outside shots, which is why I think he kind of fell back on my list, and he did it so poorly. But he did a great job of getting to uh, the bucket and getting to the free throw line. And he has, like, wherever he goes, he kind of accepts the fact that um, – to make his teammates better, he doesn't want to, He doesn't have to put up twenty five points a game. Like he's got to stay around that 20, 18 to twenty range, and yeah. um, be a dis- distributor and, and be able to give up the ball to have guys like Bam be able to develop and all the other young guys around him. But like he's an elite defender too. Like that dude's like up there with like Kawhi and Paul George. Mm-hmm. Just a grinder defender. He just doesn't on and off ball. And yeah, yep. and and I think. There's sometimes, uh, rarely, where, like, you can't explain it, but the guy's just a winner. Like, he puts yep. – there's a lot of guys that, you know, maybe they want to win, but you know they they definitely care about their stats. And, like, Jimmy just wants to win, and sometimes it rubs people the wrong way. But if your number one goal is winning at all costs and at all times, like, you have to respect that. And that's what this is about is winning basketball games. So – um, I will say, so the big negatives are, are the, are the shooting and, um, I, I mean, in general, just not a great score, but for not being a great scorer, he creates good looks for himself somehow still gets to the line at a, of an elite rate, um, and, and is a good distributor. I think this year was, I, I don't think he'll ever be a great shooter, but I think this year was more of an aberration. I don't think he'll shoot this poorly again. Um, and, and again, he's so, so good defensively on ball, off ball wants to win. And I think the reason why he can't make that jump outside of just the shooting is kind of, you've seen he, in order to be the most effective, I think he kind of needs the ball in his hand and he's not an elite scorer, So it's tough. Um, and I don't think he could ever be the number one guy on a, on a very good offense. Whereas Middleton George, Tatum, LeBron, all those guys could be number one guys on, a, on an elite offense. I don't think your offense is capable of being elite if he's your best offensive player. But uh, he sure as hell is, is a competitor and great on D. And uh, I think he's just – would you have him in that tier with Middleton and Tatum? Is he 
For sure. Outside. I think for sure. And and that's why the reason I had him um I think you probably have Ingram eight and, and Yeah, I have Ingram um, eight. I, I have Ingram and Butler in their same same uh I don't I don't have those in the same tier, but I would say I, I don't know if he's in the Tatum Middleton tier for me just because of the efficiency issues. I, I, I could see it. I mean, the Heat's numbers don't lie. They're they're playing Kendrick Nunn, Duncan Robinson, Myers, and they're... Uh, they're playing some weird players. Where they... Kids. Yeah, like, you have to give these guys credit, but... And again, but it's about you, winning. If you look at Jimmy Butler's career, too, like, everywhere he goes, like, wins. Like, when he yeah. went to Minnesota, they made the playoffs, and they, like, were... Weren't they, like, a five seed? No, I think they were seven. I think they were seven. seven. Okay. But I remember they played the Rockets. That team is just when he left, that team just fell apart. Like that guy, just wherever he goes, he's like a presence in the locker room. You can tell that guy doesn't take any bullshit. You know, like when yeah. he's there, people are serious. They're he's kind of like you, like, bro. Stop. Bro. Yeah. <laughs> just stop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like that guy's just a winner, man. Like that's a guy you want on your team. Like when you're, yeah. he's one of those guys. Like you do not want to be playing against that guy. Like he's just a grind out winner. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly, and I think uh, I think he's gotten smarter to to this point of like how to communicate them. I mean, I've never been one of those guys that I'm gonna like take something personally. Like we're just out here trying to win. Like if I yell at you, you know I don't hate you. You know I'm not mad at you. Like I'm just competitive and I want to win. And I think what if what if the what if the Sixers win that series last year? You know, dude, I I was. Do they pay him? I so I I listened to the did you listen to the Jimmy Butler pod on JJ Reddick's podcast? I did. It was a while ago. I don't remember the whole thing. But yeah, I listen to that. He essentially said that what they told him was like, "Can we control?" Like, or or what he heard was that someone asked, "Like, can we control him?" And so there is this idea of like, but and I think that kind of pit rubbed him the wrong way. Like, control me, like. Uh, yeah, I may be very competitive and like talk, but like I'm not doing anything over. I, his quote literally was like, "I'm not doing anything like overly that like fucking stupid." Like he's just like wants to win, and but I I don't I think if he did I don't know I, I mean he made it seem like no like even if that had gone in no, but I mean winning changes everything. Yeah, I will crazy. say, I mean, for him, this is the best case. I think Miami fits him perfectly. Oh, 100%. It fits his personality perfectly, especially perfectly. like Eric Spolster. Like, Eric Spolster's a no BS guy. Like, you saw it with Whiteside. Oh, yeah, Hassan. In the last spot. Like, you can play you 20. You do what he wants, you're not playing. Yeah, yeah, which and I respect. What, and that's what Butler is, dude. Like, if you don't, if you're not working hard, if you're not, like, if you're goofing off, he's going to call you out. He'll let pissed. you hear it for sure. Him and Spolster are a perfect match. Yeah. And I think that culture, too, is just like, it's almost like the military, he said. Like, it's like, you better be in shape. You better be ready to work. And if not, like, see ya. Dude, that's, I wanted to see CP3 go to Miami and play with Jimmy Butler. I thought that would have been a really interesting dynamic. Dude, that would have been, so been a fun. game changer. Yeah. Depending on who so Miami would have given up. But, I mean, obviously it's worked out for the Thunder. And I think CP3 enjoys being kind of that lead guy. But that would be really, really interesting. It would have been fun. Yeah. Okay. Eight. Uh, we both have the same guy, Ingram. Dude, and Ingram is a man. When he was in LA, he was. I don't know if it was because Braun came and kind of messed up some of his progression, but he just 
the confidence wasn't there, like the shot wasn't there, and then he goes to New Orleans. He's just a totally different guy. It's crazy to me. Crazy, like, yeah. Uh, he's so good, and like you're seeing like why he was a top three pick. Like, yeah, it's unreal. The 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 thing to me that was shocking is like. I mean, I, this guy was the biggest riser for me, I feel like, if you looked at from last year, or this point last year, because last year he had then he had that, like, blood thing or something. You were like, oh, shit. Like, is, yeah, is B.I. going to even be okay? Like, Chris Bosch didn't survive his blood clots. Like, I didn't know what was going on. And and you were like, can this guy ever make a three consistently? And suddenly it jumped up five percentage, five percentage points, and he's taking, you know, double what he did his rookie year in L.A. So – once you, I mean, if you add that three ball, it opens up the floor because now guys can't play as far off of you. Um, I think for me, what I need to see is consistency. I, I, You know, there's some nights where he looks like a game changer and there's other nights where it's like, where, bro, where are you? Like, we need you right now. And, and so I need to see consistency for him to move up the list. I need him to see, I need to see that he can still affect the game even when he's off ball, I think a lot of Lonzo is great for him right now because Lonzo does not, like, Lonzo is not the point guard where he needs to dribble, dribble, dribble. Like, if you're open, as soon as the ball is inbounded, he's on a rope. It's in Brandon Ingram's hand. So uh, I want him to see see him be a little bit more effective, affect the game off ball more and be a little bit more consistent on D. He's not terrible, but I haven't seen enough to where I'm like, okay, you could. I, I don't know. I, it's, he's just not all there for me on defense yet. So yeah, he, he, he's not a good defender. But for me, like um, Brandon Ingram is like a half court player. Like he's, and you can like when you look at him when he's not playing, he looks the exact same as when he's playing. He looks stoned and he looks like he's like <laughs> is not there. It's yeah. so weird. It's like, a weird. He's like a Kawhi Leonard in a way, but like, like even more so, just like stoned and just like sleepy. It's so- it's so odd. Like he's the weirdest guy. He just looks so high all the time. And yeah, but but I think to his credit, you've seen that. Like that doesn't mean he's not a hard worker. That doesn't mean he doesn't care. Like he's just a, a more laid back guy. Um, and I'm really, I think what I'm most interested in 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 terms of Ingram and the Pelicans is well, one. I, I'm assuming the Pelicans match all all offers, and he's going to get absolutely cashed out. But uh, I, I wonder what the dynamic looks like with him and Zion. Not necessarily. I don't think either of them will care, like, who's the guy per se or even the shots. But just, like, how that offense functions and, and what the pecking order of shots are and, and when he when does Ingram get the ball and, and where he gets his shots and, and how that's that interesting because Ingram – was on a tear before Zion came back. Like he was, yeah. Up, like, and he kind of chilled out. Point games, and yeah. then when Zion was on the court, he kind of disappeared a little bit. And yeah. That was weird to me. And, and I couldn't quite figure out why because Zion's not really like a ball dominant guy. He doesn't no, like bring just the ball rebounds the court, really. And, like he's just an offensive rebounder and, and finisher. And yeah. He only takes twelve shots and scores thirty points. But it was weird to me that with Zion on the court. He disappeared. I feel like right. it'd be the opposite. I feel like Zion would open would it open it up. Him. And so I, I feel like go he's ahead, one dude. of those guys where he can make a Jason Tatum type scoring impact. Like he averaged twenty four points a game. Like he was balling. He was hooping. He was a bucket. But 
I just need to see more from Brandon Ingram alongside of Zion because he's going to be playing there with Zion unless something drastic for the next, you know, five yeah. to seven years. You're right. And I think uh, another thing that kind of goes hand in hand is like, I think when Ingram was playing his best hoop was early in the season and they weren't really good early in the season. So, and obviously part of that was, you know, Zion wasn't there and um, there were injuries to different guys. Zoe didn't play a lot in the beginning of the season, but I, I want to see the wins start to come where like you, you see the guy right up ahead of him is Jimmy Butler has a lot less talent personally, a lot less talent around him, I would say. And the Heat were miles miles better than the Pelicans, you know? So I just need to see the, – the talent is is there. I just need to see it translate to the Pelicans making that leap. And I definitely think they can. And that's why I have a mate. But uh, that's, that's what everyone's problem is with Brandon Ingram is no one knows if he has that mindset. Like you've seen him be able to score. You've seen him like be able to make an impact. But is people – you need to have that mindset come playoff time. You know what I mean? And yeah. I just haven't seen it from him yet. Yeah. But he's one of those guys where in like – Two years, he could be like a top five small forward, easy. No doubt, absolutely, absolutely, no doubt. And I and I hope he gets there. I'm a big Brandon Ingram fan, but uh, uh, he's got to he's got to work on a couple things. I think, especially the defense too, if he wants to make that jump. I think everyone ahead of him is no, yeah, no, without a doubt, everyone ahead of him is better on defense. Besides, maybe Katie Tatum's comes. Eh. Yeah, yeah, Tatum also is. Eh. Yeah. Tatum's better at least than Ingram for sure. Okay, yeah. uh, I think I think I will I will have different guys at nine and ten than you do. This was the toughest. One. These were the toughest two spots for me. Like, yeah, I looked at it from a perspective of like I always do with all these guys is give me them like kind of running their own show or like as a number two guy and how will they be? And that's why I think I had. Gordon Hayward at nine. I don't know who you had at nine, but gotcha. I had Hayward at nine. Hayward is my ten, so I'm, okay. we're we're good there. Um, y- Can I you guess know- your nine? Uh, yeah, you know it. Yeah. Is it Wiggins? No, no, Wiggins honestly wasn't close for me. No way! It, I thought you loved Wiggins. I love the fit. You listen to the Warriors pod. I just put it up. I'll I'll promote it later. I talk about that, but. No, I mean Wiggins isn't there. Yeah, I based off of what he's seen, there's no chance I can put him in there. You know? Okay, maybe I'm. Is it Covington? It's Covington. Yeah. Okay. The reason I had Gordon Hayward there is I just I feel like he's got so many guys around him right now that can score that he's kind of taking that step back, but he's still been so efficient. Like I was looking at just some of the numbers surrounding him, and he's been all like he's shooting fifty five percent. Um, from the field, which is better than anyone else on this list, like anyone else at my top ten. Yeah, he he also has um, been super efficient from three, shooting almost forty percent, and he's almost sixty percent true shooting. Like, I just couldn't ignore the stats when it came to him because he hasn't have as much volume and as much opportunity as some of the other guys. Mm-hmm. But we've seen it in the past, like when he was in Utah and he got to run the show and he was that number one guy. Like he hooped dude. Like he had, he would have games where he'd have like 35 points and was by far the best player on the court. Um, I know he had that injury, but it doesn't really seem like it's affected him that much. Totally. I think I'm with you. I'll touch on basically everything you said. Um, I think he doesn't get enough credit too, because I think it would be really I don't think it would be out of question for a lot of guys in the role he's playing to kind of get lost. Like it's, it's hard when you look and he's probably fourth in the pecking order. And so 
if you know you're fourth, and obviously there have been times where Kemba goes down and or Tatum or Brown haven't played, and so then he steps into a bigger role. But he sh- this has been his best year in terms of shooting percentage um, outside of his best year in Utah, and it's essentially the same. He's shooting 0.2% lower, knocking down the three-point shot really well. Um, and you uh, you heard it in the offseason. You heard rumors like – because he did not have a good year at all last year. You heard he, he wants to get back. He's feeling better. And so, one, I think the rhythm's there. I think one, his leg's full, finally healthy. And and another reason why I have him here as a, as opposed to, like, someone maybe like a, a Kelly Oubre or, you know, whoever it may be, Norman Powell, is he's a really good passer and creator as well. I think you saw that more in uh, in Utah. But um, when need be, he's he's not going out there trying to score. He's going out there reading the game and um, is a really good creator and can find people. And and the defense it hasn't come all the way there yet. But he's he he's not a bad team defender. And can't really defend one on one super well. But uh, he's a guy that I think if he had his own team, like I'd feel confident as him being my second score and having a really really good offense or. Or my first guy in a, a pretty solid offense, you know? Yeah, and he, he's, he's probably the first guy on, on this top 10 list that you say, all right, he's not going to be the number one guy on, on a championship team. Um, and I think he's gotten some unfair, like, criticism. Like, people have, like, legitimately said, like, oh, Gordon Hayward sucks now. Like, he does not suck. He's well, still, like, are people watching the games? Like, no, I don't get it. Like, if you turn on, like, ESPN or, like, FS1 and stuff, like, like Gordon Hayward, like, is just a shell of what he used to be. Like, he's nowhere near. It's like... He's still seventeen six and four on. Yeah, he's and he's a fourth, like he's the fourth option. Like, yeah, dude is in his own system. He's averaging twenty five points a game efficiently. Exactly. Like, Like, and he's getting paid a ton of money, and I don't even really, frankly, know how the Celtics are paying all these guys. I think it's bird rights, but it is bird rights. Yeah, insane. Like Gordon Hayward is is still an elite basketball player. Like yeah. You look at him and you think he works at like Walmart. No, he's maybe early on Gordon Hayward. He's kind of swaggy now, bro. With yeah. the beard. He's, he's filled. He's filled, he's filled out. out. He's, yeah. He's so scrawny. Yeah. He's kind of. He's not Jack Jack, but he's like he's bigger now. Um. No, I'm I'm with, I'm a big Gordon Hayward fan. And do you think he's like? Do you think he's a long term guy for the Celtics? Like you think? I think it just comes down to money. Three years, do you think he'll still still be on the Celtics? I think it comes down to money. I mean, he's making thirty four million. And he's got a max. And he? yeah, he can opt in in next year, which I assume he will. I think the option is like thirty four million. So it's like I think he takes that. I don't know how the I I I think he's probably if I had to guess a casualty of the situation because you're gonna pay Jalen and Tatum and you know Kemba signed for longer, but uh, they have that ability next year and and I. I would like to hope that – I don't know how the Celtics will do it, but, like, they if they had a big, like, they could make a real push. Not that Tice is even bad, but, like, you need a bigger body to throw at. You're in the East. You need someone to throw it at Joel and Giannis. Yep. And Giannis. Yep. And they don't. They really don't. Like, you can – I, I think they are the team that – has the best shot at beating Giannis. Like when I look at it from a roster standpoint, I think the Celtics really? have a better shot at beating them than than the than the Sixers. I think. Um, go ahead, go ahead, bro. And I think a lot of that has to do with just their scores, the of scoring. They have. Yeah. yeah, like Hayward, Tatum, Jalen Brown's not necessarily score, but um, Kemba. Like they just have, they can light you up on any day. Like 
I don't know. They're scary. I'd rather see. I'd rather see the the, the Sixers with Ben Simmons. I, th- than- I I get that. I think for me, the the reason I shy away from that is, and again, I it could be just recency bias, but I feel like I've watched so many games the past two years, even where with both the Sixers and the Bucks, where it doesn't matter whether that the Celtics are at home on the road, where Giannis and Joel Embiid go psycho. And and they win. And and the the Celtics take care of business against so many other teams. Like you say, Celtics at home against the Lakers. Like honestly, I don't I don't think like it's out of the question. Like for them to win that game. Not I'm not saying in the playoffs we're a champion, but like in the regular season, I've seen so many times, and I've seen times it was weird. I remember the Celtics were playing much better basketball, and the Sixers were not playing amazing, and the Sixers were going into Boston. Everyone was healthy. And it was like a pick em. Whereas, like, if you just looked at what things had been, it would be like, why aren't the Celtics bigger favorites? And the, the Sixers ended up winning, and Joel went crazy. And, and Giannis has had so many, like, 40, 20 games. It's like, Tice is not going to cut it. Ennis Kanter for damn sure isn't going to cut it. And Enos, I still, his nickname is still Enos the Penis in my mind. <laughs> uh, you can't, he's a revolving door, bro. He's a revolving door. So I, again, if they get hot, they can be anyone. But it's just like you, they, the pressure is on to make every shot because it's like, uh, who are you, Daniel? Daniel Tice has been great, and you know they they don't have fours or fives that you feel confident. They're a good team defense, but dude, imagine them with Al Horford still. Uh, I mean, I don't know how that worked money wise, but that would be yeah. perfect. That would be perfect. Um, and I. I had Covington nine. Um, and again, for me, now we're getting to the point where, like, I feel like everyone left on the board is not elite in any area. So I'm going, like, I considered Bojan. I considered Gordon. I considered Karras. I didn't really super consider Norman or Kelly, but they were in my mind. Um, yeah. And and I want Covington because I already know I'm, I'm getting – Honestly, at, at, when he's healthy, a all-NBA first-team type of guy. I want to read you two stats um, in terms of, you know, fully defense net rating in the past couple of years. So in Philly two years ago, uh, the Nets – or the Nets the, – the Sixers gave up 102 points per possession when he was on the court and 110 when he was off. And in Minnesota last year – they gave 107.8 points when he was on the floor and 114.6 when he was off. He's had you've seen this year. He's had he had I think set the record for like most games in a row with three plus blocks for a guy under like six nine. Like I've seen and and not even just like stats too. Well, just the eye test. I watched that guy dog every single guy and not just dogging in a one on one setting, but helping recognizing things really quickly and helping crashing the boards and getting rebounds he shouldn't get for his height uh affecting shots even at a at a height like he shouldn't affecting big man shots affecting threes uh he just does all the little things so well and then on top of that you're telling me he can hit the three at a semi-reliable level like i will take that he doesn't really do much else outside of that he's not a great passer he's not a great scorer but i don't need him to do that if i have that guy i feel like i'm set and i have my defensive wing uh that i need and and he can space the floor too and so 
I don't felt I felt like the guys at the board here, like Bojan does things well, but uh, you know it's more of offensive spacing, whereas Robert doesn't do that as well. But the defense is miles, miles better. So I went Robert at nine, and then Hayward at ten. Okay, and this is ten was like the not one through nine. I had like it was just a, a matter of where am I putting him? Like I guess Hayward kind of was at the back end of that, but ten I just it was so hard for me to decide. I put um, Bojan. Um, yeah, and just from an offensive standpoint, I was I I looked at it as I can put defenders around this guy. Um, like I said, kind of with Tatum, but yeah. Bojan is just a tireless score. Like he can light you up anytime for thirty five plus points. But Dude, people you, don't realize how good he's been offensively. Oh my god, he's just so. He's shooting the three ball too, dude. Like you can be in his face fouling him, and he's still knocking it down. Yeah, that but, game winner uh, against. When you ma- when you make the argument for Covington, I, I could definitely see why you would have Covington over him. Um, Covington too. He led the league, or he led the league. I remember a couple years ago in like deflected passes, which is kind yeah. of a weird stat. But that's just just a disruptor. Like how, how try hard he is on defense. Like he's getting in passing lanes. Like he's always taking it upon himself to get after it on the defensive end. Like you just want Covington yeah. on your team. He's like one of those so, so guys where he's just wherever he goes, he just gets after it and wins ball games for you. Yeah. He's just so, so disruptive, dude. But I, I get Bojan and, and Bojan's really had an unbelievable year. Offense seven percent better when he's on the floor, not negative on defense. Almost not fifty, forty, ninety, but forty and ninety and um, 20 points a game on, on pretty efficient shooting, uh, not going to hurt you on defense. And he's a guy that I don't think, you know, that's a guy who grinded. He was, I don't think people would have thought he would be who he is, you know, when he was in Brooklyn, but he got better every single year, um, took huge steps in Indy, played big playoff games and, and is a big shot maker. And Dude, in- Indy could have used him this year big time, honestly. They were struggling. Indiana... Awesome. They were struggling, man, this year. Like, if they had him, I feel like that would help. It would just be another score, like an efficient score for them. Yeah, they just have, like, a weird fit. And, like, no one really was the guy. So, it was like, all right, like, are you going to go? Like, I guess Sabonis was the guy, but, like. Dude, they're paying two centers, too, big money. Like, Sabonis and Miles yeah. Turner are both getting paid. Like, that's odd. You don't pay two big men like yeah, that. Yeah, you got to figure, um, gotta figure that out. Honorable but, mentions you want to touch, bro? Yeah, so I. I was looking at, like, a couple things. Um, just something I want to talk about is uh, I posted a, another, like, question on Twitter. Like, who would you rather have going forward? Why am I not seeing these? Karis LeVert, Kelly Oubre, or Andrew Wiggins? Oh, I know mine. Is oh. Do you know yours? Like, this have you decided? Between, it was between two. It was I, between I, two and then I go, Karis LeVert's the third one out, but. I would go Kelly Oubre. Really? I think he's my last one, honestly. Really? I I just haven't seen it on defense, bro. Like, And again, he, I know he's been off Phoenix. He's not surrounded by great defenders. But not only as a team defender, but one-on-one, he hasn't been great. And he can stretch the floor, but he hasn't shown an elite level to hit the three. I, And he doesn't pass well. So it's like... He makes some crazy highlight plays, a great dunker and big shot maker. And I th- I just feel like the defense of Wiggins and Karras, and Karras hasn't even been unreal. I think I go uh, – my initial thought was Karras, Wiggins, Oubre. Wow. Okay. So I know 
know Which, you love carrots? It's a great and question. I was, and I was thinking about having him like 10, and then I went and looked at some of his shooting percentages and some of his stats this year, and they are bad. They are really bad. I think I, – no, I agree. I think he didn't I, – again, I think it was one of those Dude, things at the start of the year. He shot 41% from the field. I know. If you look at the recent – let's say that the last month. horrendous. The last month he had. I'm sure last month is, is a lot better, but dude, you cannot shoot forty percent from the field. That that is bad. Um, Especially as a small forward, like Yeah. No, I, I agree. I think I, I again I think it's one of those things too with like Kristaps where I, I don't and again, he's never been super efficient, but I it's, he plays in such a weird role. Like it I I feel like if you get him in the right spot with no noise and it's like, this is your role, not your role is not going to change 75 times a season. Like this is your role, like similar to what Kelly is. Like if he, if he knew his role from day one, this is the amount of shots you get. This is your usage. I feel like that would go up. And I feel like he does a, a couple other things better than Uber. But now that I think about it, I might go Wiggins over him just because the defense and I feel like Wiggins really hasn't been in the right system, but that's a great question. Cause I, I think you can make valid arguments for literally every different combo. What, what did Kelly shoot true shooting percentage this year? I think I have it. Uh, he shot 56, 56% true shooting. He was 45% from the field, 78 from the line and 35% from three. Which is not bad. I, I Pretty think, average. I think I I just saw so many times him just get blown by. And the Suns had uh, – they had a decent defense to start, but not so much down the stretch. And we'll see. I think next year – I mean, it'll be so fun to monitor these guys. All right, I'm pulling up. Yeah, Kara shot four, 51. 50.9, so. Which, as far as true shooting percentage goes, that's... Not good. That's Once you start getting into the 40% range, that's really bad. Yeah. What did Wiggins shoot? But Karis LeVert is... That's going to be an interesting situation for him once... Yeah, that's an interesting situation for Karis. Like, I just don't know how many shots he's going to get with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Two like, the most ball-dominant guys in the league. Like, I mean, you saw... even Even this year, when... When Durant was out and Kyrie Kyrie played, like he didn't even get that many shots at the start. It wasn't until like Kyrie was out, like they, yeah, Dinwiddie takes Dinwiddie, shots for him, dude. dude. And then they have Jared and DeAndre and Joe Harris and Torian Prince. It's Garrett Temple suddenly like deserves shots. Like they've got way too much going on. They have to kind of like simplify things dude I've, and that's the thing is like they've, they've been in development the last couple of years and they've developed so many young guys to be like good players and then they brought in two of the best players in the league and now it's like what do you do who's the first guy to go for you like obviously you, you you know assuming you're going katie and Kyrie, who not necessarily first guy to go but what are you looking to move you know if you're the nets this offseason i'm going dinwiddie i hope i can get something who do you think you get the most from? Uh, I honestly really don't want to deal Jared Allen. I feel like he can be an elite rim protector and a decent rim roller. 
And, but then you're like, you're paying all that money to DeAndre. So if you can get something for Jarrett, you consider it. But like, I think with the way guards are valued, I think someone will overplay for Dinwiddie, who I'm just not that sold on. I think you gotta get. I think you gotta get something for Dinwiddie. Karis LeVert's already 25 years old. You know, like by the end of this thing, he's gonna be 29, 28. Like let's say that Durant and Kyrie stay for four years. Like, yeah. Those dudes are going to be too old. It's just such a weird in-between. I think you kind of – I would keep Jaron Allen as well, but then the argument to that is you just paid DeAndre Jordan and you can't keep splitting time with him. Like one of those dudes has to play big minutes. Like, yeah, I, I don't know. I think you can try next year. Possibly you can make an argument that you can try next year to do what you did this year. year. DeAndre's been pissed, dude. Dude, DeAndre needs to chill out. He's, like, a good basketball player, but he's not who he once was. Like, bro, I think you could – if I'm – I hire a absolute leader in the front office and I sit down with DeAndre Jordan and say, look, DJ, like, we're trying to win a title. Jared Allen is very good at defending the rim and is a very good basketball player. You are not the type of player that's going to play 32 to 33 minutes a game anymore. Like, that's not you anymore. Like, I don't care if you went vegan. Like, I don't – I don't. you have to make this work in a way where, like, the Raptors made a Baca and Gasol work with, with Pascal, you know? Like, that sort of split where it's no egos, win first – and if if we can we can pull up pull it off to where we're both you're both playing meaningful minutes in the mid to high twenties and sometimes it's gonna be more you sometimes it's gonna be more him but we're just trying to win bro like you know like he, yeah and the difference is though you can play Ibaka and Marcus Sol together the court with Pascal Siakam you can play all three of them at the court on the court at the same time you can't play Jared Allen and DeAndre Jordan on the court at the same time right but I think that's where it comes like all right we're splitting the center minutes in half maybe whoever's hot gets a little bit more and you could argue okay maybe how am I supposed to get my rhythm but like make it happen bro like if Turner and Sabonis can make it happen. Well, you could make the argument you can play those two together too. So, I mean, they have some issues, but I, I don't think DJ has the is at the level yet which you can like arri- cause problems. And you know there was riff there the first game Jokovan coach DeAndre Jordan was starting. Yeah, it's that's it's an interesting situation there, and that's why like when you talk about Karis Levert, like being up there as like a small four that can possibly break the top ten, like. He's, he needs Not a different yet. situation. Like he, I, I think he has a possibility of breaking into the top ten. Like I just don't know if he can do it with Kyrie and and KD. I can uh, I can tell you for sure he can't do it with Kyrie yeah. and KD. I uh, I just I want to see him freed and and you are one thousand percent right. He needs to uh, definitely work on on his efficiency, but. Dude, he had some absolutely wild games in the during the second half of the year. I mean, against San Antonio, plus 19, 27-11 and 10. That game against Boston where he had 51. Like, yeah, he had 40 in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Ridiculous. A game against Washington, he had when when the uh, Kyrie was out, they had 34, 7, and 4 with four steals. 37, 6, and 7 with four steals. Like, the consistency and that's the thing he can create too. Like he averaged damn near five assists last half of the month. And 
I'm trying to see before we go. Yeah, I mean, he shot better the last month, but it still wasn't amazing, you know? Yep. It wasn't amazing. And one last guy I have to give credit to who is kind of rare, but Joe? Will Barton. Will oh, Barton. Will. I love Joe Ingles, too. I, I think. Yeah, I like Joe Ingles too. He just hasn't he hasn't gotten the minutes like yeah. this year. It's been odd. But Will Barton has been, I feel like, stepped up a bunch for <clears throat> Denver. Even like when Jamal Murray has had to sit out some games from being hurt, like that dude balled. Like he moved from small four to point guard and balled out. Like he's obviously not a top ten player, but he's definitely like honorable mention for me. Yeah. And you know me, I, I love him. Anytime I can post a Will Barton highlight, I do. Like that's another guy. He's just a hooper. Like you can tell, he grew up out on the streets, out on the playground, just like hooping. And I, I love the way he goes and gets buckets. His game is awesome, and and the offense has been uh, a lot better with him on the floor, and the defense has been a lot better with him on the floor too. It takes a lot to get Mike Malone's trust. Like we've seen that, and Barton, you you know he's penciled in for 33, 34 minutes a night. So um, you're right. I I'd say. It gets tougher to rank, you, you know, because when you're at the top, it's like these guys have distinguishable skills, whereas it's like this guy does this thing well, but this guy does that. So I'd say he's like in the 14, 15 range for me. Yep, me as well. I just, yep. I just love him, so I yeah. have to give him some credit. Yeah, I'm with you, bro. Anyone else you want to shout out, bro, before we take off? No, that's it. All right, cool. Sarge and I – don't know on the exact date, and I'm actually not posting this today because I posted the Warriors. I'll, I'll probably have it up Tuesday or Wednesday. Um, but I appreciate you guys all tuning in. Hope you're staying safe. We will have our point guard, top ten point guards coming out um, shortly after this, and I'm excited. Would no one else? I'd rather do this with Sarge. Hope you have a, a great rest of your day, and, and everyone, thank you again for tuning in.